Hello, and welcome to the World Schooling Space, the podcast that is here to help people embrace their journey into world schooling. Each episode, I look at different aspects of world schooling and talk with other people about their experiences. This is episode nine, and I'm your host, Irene Shanelin. Today, I talk with Jessica and her two sons, Alex and Max, ages 12 and nine. They have a home base in Oregon and take trips together as a family all over the world. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hello, Jessica, Alex, and Max, and welcome to the World Schooling Space. It's so nice to have you here. Thank you for asking us to join you. Yeah, my pleasure. There's so many questions I have for you. Perhaps we should just share for our listeners how we met up so that there's some connection. Um, and I think it goes back to our mutual connection, Amy, in Hawaii. Yes. Right? Because I think we both stayed at her place. And then she was like, oh, you're going to be in Oregon. You should maybe think of reaching out to Jessica. And we yes. did. And you were kind enough to have us over for the 4th of July, even during COVID times, which was like, all social things were even more special then because it was like mm -hmm. oh, an olive branch to go be social with people that also share the world schooling life. It was really nice. So. Yes, and it brought a little of aloha to Oregon since we had that connection. Yeah, exactly. Really neat how you can start to make these connections with different families in the world schooling realm. And if you maybe we could start there is how you got started world schooling or with this idea of trying to go and see the world. And if I may share what's cool about you guys is you do have a home base, but you're quite active in going out and having these educational experiences, which I really love. So please tell me your story. And I'd love to then hear from your boys as well. Sure. Um, I think it probably started my husband and I enjoyed traveling before kids. And then after we had kids, um, just kind of excited to to see the world through their eyes. And we would I would say we tend to be the type of parents who typically um, are very engaged with the kids and they're very active in, in pretty much all aspects of our life. So world schooling was a good fit in terms of there's always something to learn and to travel to be able to do that just opened up the opportunities for for what they could see and also for us to see it and learn things since like i said we could see it through their eyes so it seemed like a natural fit for us um, i think i discovered it through facebook um, and started following along with other families and their adventures and initially we had talked about maybe doing um something longer term but like you said we have our home base and we tend to uh, work hard and play hard so we're at home a lot and then we do as many trips as we can um, locally and bigger trips uh, as as the time allows but um I think the beauty of it is with with world schooling there's so much to learn even in your own backyard you know even with a weekend trip within your own state there's so much that you can learn in so many different things so that's i think how we got started i actually really appreciate your perspective as well because i feel like sometimes we get stuck in our own routines and so it's helpful to remember that even if 
you aren't able at this moment to sell everything and just live from place to place, you can still explore so much in your own state. And Mm -hmm. I feel like from following you on Facebook, I feel like you definitely take advantage of those opportunities and, you, you know, within your state and then also going elsewhere. And so I even get ideas from you like, oh, that looks really fun. And I want to check out the New Mexico Balloon Festival, for example, in the future. That would be really a fun thing to visit. A question I enjoy asking people with world schooling is if they would share a favorite memory or a top 10 moment that you've had while you've been doing your world schooling um, adventures or trips. And this might be good for the boys to share as well. Boys, do you want to start or do you want me to start? I really like swimming in Florida. You like swimming in Florida? Yep. One of the first beaches that we visited in Florida was, um, what was it called? Clearwater? Was that yes. what it was? Clearwater. And it was gorgeous. Um, just crystal blue water with the white sand. But it was literally just like the chairs were right next to each other. There were so many people. And we enjoyed it. We had fun. Um, but then the following day, we went to a little state park. And there was hardly anybody there. And it wasn't um, it wasn't as picturesque, maybe, as the first one, but it was still incredible. And there was so much more to see and do because it was so untouched. We found hundreds of sand dollars. Um, the fish were incredible. We had the beach to ourselves. Um, when we were there, there was, I think it was the Discovery Channel, um, filming at the beach oh my gosh a series that they were doing and so wow. one of the because we kept going back to that beach after we had discovered it so probably the secret will will be out but alex did you have one that you understand yes um i honestly think that some of the snorkeling and finding the sand dollars there was better than hawaii the fish there was a lot more of them some were less colorful, but you just saw them a lot more often. And it was not oh. just here and there. It was all over. Wow. Very cool. Probably, too, the number of people, you think? Because, like, at Hanama Bay, there's so many people. Mm-hmm. So that contributed to it. Maxie, did you have something? And also there we found the living sand dollar. Oh, Wow. Neat. I don't and, know if I've ever seen one that's alive. Cool. And we stubbed our toe on a huge conch shell that was probably a foot long. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it was alive. There was a lot of neat stuff. Um, incorporating the world schooling, we were able to, um, later in that trip, we ended up at another beach, um, the Shark Tooth Beach, and they were selling like the little field guides for seashells. And so we we got one of those and took it back to where we were staying. And the kids had laid out all of their shells and sorted them. So it was neat for them to be able to identify each of the shell types and where they had come from and incorporate that learning piece into it. But it was just, you know, natural. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Wow. I was going to say for for me, one of the top 10 moments... um, was probably something more simple. Um, we were in Costa Rica and we had just had an incredible day at Manuel Antonio Beach. And we 
had found this little restaurant called um, Falafel Bar that was simple and healthy and met all of our dietary restrictions. And we had spent all day on the beach and we were hot and sandy and hungry. And I just remember when we sat down to eat, how grateful I felt to be in that moment, like to share that with my family and to just be fully present. And it was one of those moments where you kind of take a snapshot and hold it in your heart. So that was one of my top tens. Neat. A great picture memory of a good meal. That sounds lovely. Yes. Nice. Maxie, did you have some? Uh, another two of my top ten moments were waking up in Costa Rica and hearing all the birds and mm. uh, eating gelato in Italy. Ooh, what was your favorite flavor or flavor? Raspberry and lemon. Mmm, limone. So good. Yeah, cool. What is your favorite gelato flavor, Alex? Alex? Um, probably <laughs> strawberry or mango. Nice. Yum. And another one of my favorite trip things was in Paris. We went to this huge flea market. And it was not overpriced. Like in Salem, there's a few, but indoor, it's just new stuff. It's not really a flea market. But there, it was a big outdoor space. Everything was reasonably priced, all used. It was a lot better. Do you want to tell your big find? I found a antique Asian dagger, and I paid 15 euros for it. Whoa, that's pretty cool. And I will say that the shipping in Paris is definitely not the best. When we got the box on our porch, it had a huge dent in it. So I recommend wrapping if you're going to send anything extra well. (laughs) Good to know. Yeah, I was curious if you did carry on or checked baggage to get a dagger through (laughs) airport security. (laughs) Sounds like you shipped it home. That was the world schooling piece in Paris was learning how to navigate their postal system. That was that was interesting <laughs> with the language barrier. Oh, I'd imagine. Yeah. But thankfully, one of the uh, postal workers we ended up finding that spoke English well, and he was able to help us figure it out. Sure. On the other side of uh, this conversation, is there a moment you're willing to share that was a low point and something you maybe would have done differently if you could go back in time and relive it? I would say my low moment was in Costa Rica when I was swimming in the pool and a iguana ran over and bit me. <gasps> oh! <laughs> that would be a low moment. Oh my goodness, what happened? Like, did you? Do- I was a couple feet away taking a picture and then it just zipped over and bit my finger. It was oh apparently God. a very fluke accident um, that they had, our host at the time said, oh, iguanas are not aggressive at all. He must have been doing something to provoke it. And I didn't know, you know, what the proper care was for an iguana bite. I didn't know if there were any, <laughs> there was anything you needed to look out for. And so thankfully in Costa Rica, the medical care is very accessible and very reasonably priced. So we went down to the clinic and um, again, they said, iguanas don't 
bite people that you it had to have been provoked and Alex said mom I didn't do anything I was just swimming we got the treatment for his finger and came back um and thankfully it was it was relatively simple they just had a um some sort of solution that we soaked it in a few times and then they offered some oral antibiotics but we felt like he could probably handle it without it um, after messaging with our primary care doc at home and um, we got back to where we were staying and realized that the camera that Alex had been taking a picture with had actually been on record I and still have the video. He still has the video. It so, literally shows me sitting there, the iguana, running over and biting me. Yeah, so he was like, Mom, I told you I didn't provoke it. I didn't antagonize it. <laughs> <laughs> so he saved his proof. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes, my Max. Goodness. Go ahead, buddy. One of my low moments was in, when I was in Hawaii and sucked up a bunch of water and I had to go to the hospital. Like, sucked it up how? Underwater? or Yeah. He was okay. snorkeling. And he oh, had inhaled man. a bunch of water. And he couldn't stop coughing. And so after about 10 minutes, oh. we took him in just to make sure. And then, of course, once they examined him, he stopped coughing. <laughs> and so we spent four <laughs> hours in the ER um, for observation. And thankfully, he was okay. And... The boys did very well. Um, one thing that we did learn that was interesting, we'd seen those, because um, this is when they were a few years younger, we had seen those face masks, the snorkel, I don't know if you've seen them, the full cover face masks for, with the snorkel at the top that are supposed yeah. to be easier for the kids to use. The ER doc in Hawaii said that she does not recommend those. Um, she said that they've seen so many accidents and um, deaths from those. So she recommended that those aren't something to be used, which was good for us to hear because we had actually considered that. So I thought that that was important information. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Wow. Um, I would say one of my moments, low moments, low moments um, was when a different trip to Hawaii, we had, I, I think we were flying to the big island and we got to, Alex started getting sick on the plane and he made it out of the plane, but then got sick right as we were coming off the plane in the airport. And so it was really hard for him just because he was kind of embarrassed and he didn't feel well. And we were trying to rush to the bathroom um, and, you know, being a mom, I caught the vomit in my hands and we're trying to find a place to clean up. And so it was just not a good experience. And somebody, yes, somebody was kind and gave us a bag and helped us uh, before we got to the bathroom. But um, mm-hmm. what we didn't realize is when we went to come home, when we came back to the same airport, Alex started to have a panic attack I mean, he had a visceral response where his body just started sweating and he was shaking and he was like, mom, I don't want to get back on the plane. I don't want to be sick and just really upset. And at that point, there's nothing you can do. I was like, buddy, we we have to get home. Like, this is our only way to get home. We don't have another option. Um, And so we were able to do some deep, find a, a corner, do some deep breathing work our way through it enough that we could actually board the plane 
Um, and then once we were on the plane, I think just getting past that, you know, initial fear, he was able to make it home and he didn't get sick. And so it was a very difficult time as a mom since there was nothing I could really do to help him. I didn't have anything with me that I would normally use, like to distract him or to soothe him or like any homeopathic medications that would help with that. Um, but I was, in hindsight, I was able to use that as an exp a learning experience for him to say, listen, buddy, sometimes things are really tough and we have to push through when you're strong and you're capable and you were able to make it through. So it was definitely not something that I would want to repeat, but I think it was good for him to realize that he was so capable. Yes, definitely. Thank you for sharing all three of you. It's sometimes it's hard to re to share about the bad, but it's so important because it's such a part of our life and often we only hear about the good. Did you have another thing you wanted to share, Max? Um another one of my low moments is when we were going camping and we were jumping off the dock and Alex went and jumped off the dock and sliced his foot open. And then Jessica Ooh. and Jared and Alex had to go to the ER. And I yeah, stayed. Yeah, Yeah. And I had to stay in. And I stayed in the, in the tent in my sleeping bag crying the whole time. Yeah, you stayed oh. with our friends. Yeah. While we, we took him to the hospital, yeah. That's pretty scary, huh? Yeah. Yeah. But brother made it through, huh? Yep. Um, to add on to that, I was just jumping off the dock. I don't know what did it. I sliced my foot open, like, right in between my big toe and the toe after that. It was probably three inches long. I still have a scar today. Um... And when I was jumping, at first I didn't realize it was that bad. And then after I got out of the water, there was at least two drops of blood per second. Yeah. And oh, I could not no. stand on it. I was, yeah, it was not good. And the worst part of all is there was this really annoying lady at the urgent care. I'm not going to go into detail, but she <laughs> was. The yeah. pain medicine there was painful. So they would apply the pain medicine. It would be extremely painful while they applied the pain medicine. And then the pain medicine didn't do anything. So I had to go mm -hmm. through them putting the pain medicine on. And it literally did nothing. Pain medicine oh, jeez. Yeah. That was another well, tough one. But thankfully you are a strong boy that... And I'm still here. Was able, you were able to make it through yes. difficult times. Yes. Well, what would you say um, to other families that might be thinking about trying to do world schooling? It's kind of who I'm aiming this podcast at is other parents and families and kids. Would you have any words of advice for them, like for the other children or parents when trying to get started doing this? I would say um, probably 
to just set the expectations low. I think a lot of times when we go into it hopeful for things to happen a certain way, that's when it gets frustrating for us. Um, when they were younger, it was just learning to adapt to, you know, having, being in different places for nap time and um, time changes with sleep schedules. I'm sure things that you guys encountered all the time with Ani too. Um, and just kind of setting the expectations low so that when things don't work out, it's not as disappointing. But not letting that get in the way of not doing it. Just expecting that, that that's, like you said, part of the process. There's the, the highs and the lows. And it's really difficult during the time, but it, they, it typically can make a pretty funny memory. Nice. Sometimes I like to talk about education. So if you're willing to share, at least I know a few years ago, your boys were involved with the Montessori school. Um, do you try to do your trips around the school schedule or has the school been pretty lenient in letting you go if you're going for an educational purpose uh, trip or if you could just say yeah, we, about we joke around that we pay, uh, we pay for school so that we can miss school. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, they tend to be very lenient. Um, lots of kids in their class travel quite a bit and the teachers like to encourage them to bring back information to share with the rest of the class. It's what's been nice is that they haven't been concerned about what they miss. I think because of the Montessori model and having the kids for an extended period of time, they just trust the process that, okay, if they miss anything that's really important, they can give them that lesson individually later on, but otherwise they'll just kind of pick it up as they go. Um, and pick it up from their peers. So it's been pretty seamless for us to incorporate that. Nice. That's mm -hmm. great. That's really nice when you can have a great supportive community around you as well with your travels. Do you have any tips for, I know I've seen a little bit that you've shared, like I've snagged this great deal here or there. Do you have any go-to online resources for things you, or places you like to go to look for um, travel or booking your lodging that you might want to share? I think the World Schooling Group, the, the same one that we met in, is my go-to just because always trying to create that experience like at Amy's where you, you get to be with the family. And it's not that you have to necessarily, that they have to play tour guide, but it's that you can form those relationships and share dinner together and ask for suggestions and um, maintain that friendship. So for us, that's been our go-to, um, always looking, you know, searching if this is where we're going, typing that into the search bar and seeing if people have recommendations on families they've stayed with. Um, We've talked about, I don't know if you guys have ever looked into this, um, but we, we've talked about there's that um, People Like Us um, home exchange group that seems to oh. be really interesting. You can either swap homes with other travelers mm -hmm. or you can host travelers or they can host you um, or the people can sometimes use like their vacation homes 
it's just kind of a, um, a swapping system. I imagine similar to what Airbnb was intended to be back when it was created. Um, so you're forming these relationships with people and we've, we haven't done that yet just because I haven't had the enough, um, motivation to clean downstairs enough to start hosting people. But that would be our goal is to start using that platform and building more relationships like the one that you and I have built or with Amy, where we can share some of the exciting things and the challenging things and get ideas from one another. Yeah, exactly. And thanks for sharing that website. I actually have not heard of it yet before. So I'm going to look up people like us. You never know, you know, these new ideas come up or new opportunities. And also in the show notes, I think I'll link to the World Schooling Facebook group that we've been talking about. So if people want, they can join in. If I may ask, sometimes people want to know just finances, like how they're able to afford World Schooling. Mm -hmm. And if you're willing to share that about your family situation. Yeah, thankfully, my husband works very hard at the office. So like I said, we tend to work hard, play hard. And so his job is location dependent. He hasn't figured out a way that he can do that remotely. And so that's what um, restricts our travel for the most part is him needing to be at the office. He has no problem, you know, working long hours or working the weekends so that he would have more time to travel. But just being away for too long is what's difficult for him. So we tend to finance it just with him working hard. Then our philosophy is we want to enjoy that with our family time together to travel. And so the trips that we do closer to home, we try to make those more reasonably priced and, and just enjoy what's available. And then when we do larger trips like to Europe, we like to do more of the touristy stuff. Um, the kids really enjoy being able to do the things that they see in books or that they see, they hear about when talking with their friends. So we kind of do a balance of more frugal things and then also the touristy things. And I suppose it's easier for us and that the boys um, enjoy a lot of the outdoor activities. So when we were in Florida, it was funny because a lot of kids, I think when they go to Florida are really excited to go to Disney World. And our boys were like, oh, no, we don't have enough time. We don't we're not interested in Disney World, but we need to make sure we make it to the Everglades. We want to go to, <laughs> we want to, go to the National Park there. Um, so, you know, that in the Kennedy Space Center and the Kennedy Space Center. Yes. Um, mm. So that makes it more reasonably priced when we can skip things like Disney World and and go to the Everglades. And then we've also gotten into doing the um, credit card points. And we haven't... Oh. Yeah, I haven't... I'm probably not as well-versed as I should be in that yet, but we're slowly learning and saving up those points. And I know that different people use them different ways, but for us, it was really fun. Um, when we did our, our trip to Europe last May, we were able to use the points to fly in the lay-down seats. And so that was oh, a fun experience. Cool. <laughs> yes. That spoiled wow. the boys. And uh, they're like, why aren't we flying like this all of the time? <laughs> <laughs> because of the price, yeah. yes. 
So yeah, yeah. We, we try to balance it out with um, getting more bang for our buck where we can, but then also recognizing that um, the experience is valuable enough that that's where we want to spend some of our resources on. Yeah. And I like too how you're sharing knowing your family, right? Like just because you're going someplace that's known for a certain thing doesn't mean you have to do it. So that's important to remember too. I think sometimes we get caught up in what we think we should be doing and then you forget, well, what do I really want to do? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just so hard Um, because the world is so big and there's so much to see, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes I ask folks too, I don't know if you have a web presence online where you share your travels or mainly just probably your personal Facebook page, which might not be appropriate to link here. Yeah, normally we just share, um, I'm not very good at like doing um, memory books for the boys or the, um, what is that called? Scrapbooking. And I don't, we don't really print photos anymore. Everything is digital. So I keep my... I feel like uh, a love-hate relationship with Facebook, like I'm sure so many people do, where I Mm. don't like that I spend so much time on it that I would prefer spending other places. But I also love posting our photos on there and having those memories pop up because I feel like there's the value in the travel and then it's equally as valuable to have those memories to look back on and to laugh about and... um, it, it just, yeah. So we, we just share on our Facebook page is, is primarily what we do. Okay, great. Well, thank you guys so much for t- taking time to talk with me. I've kind of run out of my questions. Is there anything else you would like to share before we say goodbye? I guess one thing that came as a surprise to me that, that I'll sort of end with is that when we had first started traveling with the boys when they were younger, we had talked about, do we want to make it a goal to try to do something um, where we were gone for longer periods of time or where we did a house swap for like a six month period or went and lived somewhere and did a full immersion. But in taking the first few trips with the boys, I realized that for me, we really loved planning the trip. We really loved enjoying the moments we were on the trip, but it was equally pleasant to come home. Like it made us really appreciate what we had here that we might take for granted when we were living it every single day, but then you're gone for a few weeks and you come back and you can appreciate, oh yes, I love this. I missed this. And so I think that that was, that helped solidify for us that the way we're doing it right now is working for what we need. That's great. Yeah. Um, I also think a very educational part is learning the different value of the money in the different countries compared to like the U.S. dollars and the Colone with a huge difference and just how that all works out. Yeah, the exchange rates, definitely. Yes. And it's great math for your brain, too, huh? Because you're always like, how many of this for the one USD? Great. Thank you for sharing that. And say, before we leave, may I ask how old your boys are right now? I am nine. And I am 12. And you're 12. 
Very cool. Well, thank you guys, and I wish you only good things, and I'll definitely keep in touch. All right, take care. 